and welcome to the First Issue Club Comic Book Podcast. We're your weekly show that talks about comic book news and recommends First Issue. It's right there in the title. We're going to talk First Issues at some point and get used to it. <laughs> get you? That's, like a th- that's threatening. I'm sick of people coming to me, listening to the first 10 minutes of the show and being like, where are the First Issues? We'll get to it. Hold your horses. Yeah, settle down. We got a vamp. First, podcast is free. <laughs> so what are you complaining about? Stop complaining. <laughs> uh, why, why are we punching down on our fans? <laughs> Not everybody. I want to be clear. Oh, okay. There are First Issue Club patriots who are true believers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go on. And then there are these little naysayers who want to pick apart every little thing we do. <laughs> they take up about 80% of the viewership, by the way. <laughs> Always in my DMs, calling me out. <laughs> you mispronounced Spider-Man's name wrong. <laughs> you don't know what his address is. Uh, it is actually Sporterman, though. <laughs> Schweiderman. You got to emphasize. The, yeah, the hyphen is pronounced uh, a lot of people don't know that spider uh, man. man wow another stellar intro to a stellar comic book show the premier comic book show and the podcast network realm <laughs> realm mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. i am mike de stacy i'm greg and i am vargas and let's get into the the news why tarry any further tarry no further shall we you greg have mm-hmm. come with I come bearing gifts. A printed piece of paper. I you're this is the most prepared I've ever seen you for anything. Here's what happens. I get excited when we start the mics. Mm-hmm. When when you hit record on the recording device, yep. I get amped and normally my notes are on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, I forget to pull my phone out. <laughs> right. And so when I'm trying to recall something that I wrote down on my phone, I don't pull it out and look like a stooge and, uh, while we're recording. Obviously our editing machine is broken. So it's a lot of times just 20 seconds of dead space while you're trying to find something on your phone. Yes, because we're very dumb and also very lazy when it comes to editing and posting. But, yeah, I printed off a piece of paper so it's easier to glance down and talk about what I want to talk about. Well, what's that dead tree got on it? Drum roll. First up, Hellcat is coming to Marvel in her own solo series with Christopher Cantwell and Alex Linz. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I like Christopher Cantwell a lot. I am too. That intro was a little deadpan, but I am actually super jazzed. I am a Patsy Walker fan. You are. As a, uh, what, if if you know me well in my comic book collecting habits, one of my things is key issues of Women of Marvel. Mm-hmm. I think Marvel did a lot during like Women's Lib that's really interesting, and they introduced a lot of characters and archetypes of characters before a lot of other publishers were doing things like that. Right. Um, so I, I've just found that a, a fun niche in my collection. Um, Patsy Walker is such an interesting character because her origins are in, like, 40s magazines. Like, I, I can't remember. It was, like, the... 1940s, 1950s versions of like what a a teen bop would be essentially. Yeah, like a tiger yeah. beat for the yeah, exactly right for the roaring twenties. The name of it, it can't get it, your Charleston right. Isn't and popping get you a into bow. my head right now. But if you can find that, 
her first appearance in one of those. It's like so obscure. Yeah, it's they're like a, also eleven grand. It's they're extremely expensive. I've I've never seen one. It's one of those things where you're like, you know, like you could always search Action Comics number one and Amazing Fantasy fifteen and all these super rare comics and always find one on eBay. Mm-hmm. At least like one or two listings on eBay. Right. Um, this is like. Almost never on eBay. Yeah, they're, it's they're like always that like rare. Just probably shredded somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Because right. I think they came with like paper dolls you can cut out. Exactly. Right. That's the main reason that this issue is so hard to find. Yep. In great condition is because it's this, always incomplete. This book was made for children to tear apart. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like no, no one was collecting these. Of just like oh, first appearance of this little character named Betsy yep. Walker. But the. Uh... What are those crazy Germans up to? <laughs> Better watch out for that Hitler guy. <laughs> Seems like a real menace. Here's your magazine, darling. Brought to you by Chesterfield Cigarettes. Be sure to cut it up. But the mo- the modern appearance that people like to collect is Patsy Walker's first appearance as Hellcat. Correct. Where she formally becomes a superhero. Mm-hmm. There is a it's a great George Perez cover. Um, she dons the costume right. of the cat, which was the original incarnation of Tigra. So before Tigra gets like mutated into a tiger person, mm-hmm. she had the same oh, okay. yellow and blue outfit nice. as Hellcat. And the Netflix Daredevil show, uh, I'm sorry, Jessica Jones show, Yes, Petty Walker was in it. Yep. And they played off of that kind of backstory that... The character was a, a child star. Child star. That was a really fun angle, and I, yeah. I absolutely loved that. Right, and then uh, the uh, end of season three. I think Jessica Jones went to three seasons, right? It, in any case, the end of the series. I think two. Patsy Walker really gets her powers. Yeah, and yeah. She has like cat-like reflexes and all that stuff. I think she goes to. Doesn't she go to like a costume shop? To try some different like disguises on, yeah, yeah, and she tries and, on the, and she tries yes. like the traditional outfit on, and was like, hell no, yeah. <laughs> they did that with, uh, I think a Jessica Jones thing too. They had her in the original like uh, jewel outfit yeah. or something. Oh, did they? Yeah, uh-huh. and she was like, what is this? <laughs> and I loved how the Netflix shows. We're pivoting real quick. I love how yeah. the Netflix shows did that because they did it with like Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and um, they really didn't do it with the Purple Man except his purple suit or whatever Mm. but um man what a fun opportunity to put some easter eggs in yeah and i know so daredevil is getting its own series on disney plus disney plus all hail which is going to be a lot of episodes 18 it's like a mega season 18 episodes are you do you guys feel like you're getting to a point wherein yeah marvel drops on disney plus are less exciting because they're so common now um, yes and no. Okay. Yes, because they are coming out more regularly, so I don't feel like I have to pounce on them to watch them, and I don't really care about beating the Twitter rumor mill. No, because they do these, like, quarterly holiday episodes now with, like, Halloween and Christmas and whatnot with Guardians of the Galaxy and Werewolf by Night that have been 90-minute fucking hits. Bangers. My All, friends. Yeah. The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special and the Werewolf by Night Halloween special were fucking fantastic. Yeah. I don't think they're even an hour long, though. I don't think either of those are. No, no. they're like 45, 50 minutes. Yes. The, the, they seem like they're longer, 
because the credits are like a half an hour. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand that about the Disney Plus UI because I'm every show I'm like, God, a half an hour left and then it's like show over. Mm-hmm. Because it's C- credits. Credits in every single language <laughs> like known to man. <laughs> and thanking every state they recorded in, every animal that walked on the set. Can't they find a way to say, okay, playtime we're going to show on the little timer deal that you drag back and forth. Right. And then we'll do credits in like a separate thing. How about how about a QR code that displays for 30 seconds and at the th- end. And says, hey, you want to read the credits? And Go links here. to a website where everybody gets their credit. Yeah. Listen, yeah. If they're going to have such long credits, I demand that they pay the VFX artist more. Yeah. That's how we get the credits shorter. For sure. they're not going to do that. <laughs> so, folks, if we demand that, we'll get shorter credits. And the, and the longer I have to wait to see your name in the credits, the more you get paid. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Right? If you're at the very end, you're 45 minutes into the credits, you're getting a million dollars an hour. Right. You know what I mean? And those yeah. are the guys that are like the key grips. The yeah. key grips are making the big money. Uh-huh. Assistant to the third <laughs> director of photography. That's how we flip the industry. Mm-hmm. Demand justice. That's right. For the key grips. Well, so speaking of this new Daredevil show, I, I saw rumors the other day that White Tiger. Yeah. Another, uh, you know, woman of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you play her card in the middle location, a... <laughs> Seven oh, card will play on the opposite. Hey, Marvel I, Snap. I think if you want to get Marvel Snap out of your system here, people love that stuff. I fucking hate it, and I can't stop playing. We'll move on. <laughs> yeah. But in, in any case, I noticed that book popping off a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those. I, I don't think that's ever been that popular of a character, and there's a couple versions of the character that add some ambiguity to, like, mm-hmm. What's the first appearance? What version of the character or what uh, iteration iteration would they portray on a TV show if that even actually happens? So, mm-hmm. the, so the waters are muddy, but I think I'll say PSA that you can get this book in most of these books in like near mint for like around 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. I saw a CGC 9.8 go for like. Above $250. Ooh, blood in the water. Which, like, yeah. I think people get really excited right off the bat, see the 9-8, and go a little too ham right away. So, Which is f- so foolish. I know. It, it's one of those things where truly, like, if you want to make money, sometimes it's... It, <laughs> slab everything. <laughs> it, it, it real, Honestly, like, slab everything. If you get your stuff pre-screened to uh-huh. see if it's 9-8... And if it is slab, so much stuff that is like a minor key issue because people will pay stupid amounts, so much money for something graded a nine eight that raw would have been like fifteen twenty bucks. And on the flip side, don't buy White Tiger right now. Wait for three years, then buy it. Right, even if she's in the show and a smash hit, there's no way it's going to sustain that amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw. A vengeance number one go for sixty dollars the other day, and that's first, that's first America Chavez. Yeah. America Chavez, and yes. you know, back still up, sixty bucks. Nothing to no, but, no, but there was a time that that was selling for two hundred fifty. Yeah. Oh, really? A slabbed, yeah. Wow, holy cow! Yeah, it was a six hundred dollar book. Good thing I sent mine in to get slabbed. <laughs> Booyah! Oh yeah, you did, didn't you? I did. We still need an update on when where those books. 
Yeah, Greg and I it's said like a bunch of stuff. It's like Indiana Jones situation. To CBCS, and their turnaround times right now are seven months. We sent them in June. I think we're going to get them in February last time I checked. Um, the CGC turnaround times now are like 20 days for a modern book. Wow. So What the hell? We got to move to CGC. I think the CBCS has us by the gonads for signatures. signature verification yeah. because they'll give you the yellow labels by having someone verify the signature, which to me is just a lot nicer than having a qualified grade or that green label on a CGC book. So it's the price you got to pay for a yellow label if you want it. Or the price you don't have to pay. To have somebody watch somebody sign your comic book. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I would be, and I, if you do this, that's fine. I would just be embarrassed to go to like CGC and be like, can you have someone stand with me while Donny Cates- Can dad hold my hand? Writes the, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's just like asking someone to go buy beer for you if you're underage. Yeah. It's like, hey, can you go get me some like Keystone? Well, people do it all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Well, uh, one thing that's been nice- I think anyway, is that they're starting to put more and more people at tables of artists who mm-hmm. are getting or writers who are getting a lot of action mm-hmm. and not just like the Chris Claremonts of the world, but like Merca and Dolfo. The last time I went to C2E2, yeah, her like handler, it seemed to me anyway doubled as a CGC person. Yeah, see, and you should, would just give that yeah. you would slide that you'd give that person an extra 20 bucks. Uh-huh. And they're just standing there anyway, so they verify the signature for you. That's definitely the way to do That's it. That's the for, smartest for all you way. creators out there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> way more people would do it. Yeah. I think you'd have a lot of people who'd just be like 20 bucks, sure. If yeah. I was CGC, I would just offer that service to every creator. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, listen, like Give them like a percentage of the cut you make off of like standing there. They, they might. Yeah, that might be a service. We haven't verified that yet. So, I'm, I'm, if if Merca and Dolfo's got that set up, then I'm sure she cut some sort of deal where she's making the right amount of money to do that. Boys, let's volunteer. Next, next con, the three of us will stand at some booth and watch CGC. Who watchers? Yeah, yeah. Watch we, CGC. We verify watchers. CGC verifiers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. We're like secret shoppers. Were you really watching? Yeah. No, no, no. Because then you get your slab slabbed <laughs> and it's approved by us. The slab is in a bigger plastic yeah. slab. Uh, excuse me. Did did you see if Donnie Cates crossed that T? <laughs> oh, secret shopper. CGC verifier verifier. <laughs> Greg Licktie. <laughs> I like that you flipped out your badge. My badge. Only we could see. Hell, yeah. <laughs> it's the theater of the mind. It is. They knew that I had my badge out, my verifier, verifier badge. Speaking of CGC, now we're getting like, we're like subject to subject to subject. We're like eight subjects deep on a tangent now. Mm-hmm. Forgive us. But uh, speaking of CGC and verified blah, blah, blah. The other day I was on eBay and I saw someone had a Eternals number one verified graded signed by Stan Lee. Oh, shit. which famously, like, he didn't write. He didn't like have <laughs> any involvement in. Like, mm-hmm. I think he wrote some stuff later that they like had, or earlier that they like retconned to be in the Eternals universe. But he's really got like no take in that. Do you think CG for like 
for Marvel Comics, uh-huh. Stan Lee just has free license to sign anything. I think it just, well, yeah. Obviously, I mean, he's passed and we're sad about it. He's not going to be signing things. To me, it just struck me as like, why would I want to buy that? Um, It's just like an odd thing. Because you're a fool and a fool and his money are easily <laughs> parted. Like when we went to see Stan at Comic-Con, I saw people handing him Spider-Man toys to sign. Sure. Like yeah. a baseball bat, like just the the most asinine things to to have Stanley sign. And it's just like, uh, like your way, uh, it's your money. Do whatever the hell you want. I don't have a problem with the toy, by the way. If he's signing like the packaging of like a sealed toy, this guy had him sign just like a loose Spider Man, a loose Spider Man toy, rough. And you're just like, I guess he had a hundred bucks to blow, rough, <laughs> on just some dumb shit. That sucks. Yeah, I desperately want. A Stanley signed Batman, <laughs> like any Batman issue now, signed that, by Stanley. That's a good question. Would they even like let you do that? Why? Tell tell me why I can't. I don't know. I'm just saying. Unless like, Stan himself is like, I'm not going to sign. Well, those, because like those people move you through so quick. Uh-huh. There's no. They're not even going to bat an eye at yeah. that. You just have him sign like some contract, like <laughs> you're like his like attorney now. You're like, poor guy. sorry, I it, paid a hundred bucks. It's hard to talk about this without thinking of like elder abuse stuff and how he was just like, yeah. yeah, stuck at a table forever with all these people around him, just like taking his money. Yeah, taking his money and shuffling him through like all this work in his old age. It's just really sad. <laughs> Stan say Excelsior. What? Um, but on this topic, uh, Todd McFarlane famously has like rules of stuff that he'll sign and he, and what he won't sign. Okay, that's so good. So if you bring him a Spider-Man comic mm-hmm. that he didn't do the cover for or interiors for or write, he's just like, I will not sign that. Yeah, if totally. You, if you bring me something that contains a character that I created, he was like, I could see potentially signing that. You bring me like anything like Venom, mm-hmm. and I'll sign that for you. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing, right? right. Like, yeah, if I hand Todd McFarlane a Moon Knight number one, mm-hmm. why would he sign it? Right. I think Stan it, Lee's a little different because he's like the one above all, right? I mean, he is. I think that's how we see it now. Like yeah. Stan Lee is just like Comic Mr. Comic. Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Like he was a prominent editor, wrote all these great stories, created all these great characters. I mean, he might have been. He may have been editor on that. He might issue. have been editor on Eternals. Well, or but I'm not gonna get CB Sabowski's fucking signature well, on any book. Here's the thing: people get Jim Shooter's signature on a million things because he was editor for so long. Jim but Shooter's he, a fucking ass. Is he, he? he is really. I didn't know he that. Was, he's, yeah. He made people not put gay characters in comic books because yeah. oh. they, they said that they wouldn't sell. Here's my drop. Know, I didn't know that. Here's the thing with Stan Lee, right? At the beginning of, like, what is it, 90% of Silver Age comic books, mm-hmm. doesn't every Marvel book say Stan Lee presents whatever? That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it, Stan Lee was, like, Mr. Marvel. Yeah. So, like, I can see him just signing whatever Marvel book yeah. you throw at him. Like, to a point. And, like, yeah. you're not going to have him sign Miss Marvel 2018 or whatever because he's going to be like, what the He would, though. Yeah. <laughs> he would because he's a nice man. He's a good guy. He, he was a nice man. Moving on to nice things, uh-huh. my last piece of news. Just let me find my piece of paper here. It's something in- insignificant, not really, uh, you know, much to notice. Flipping to page fourteen. Screen rant. 
our favorite website on the internet, <laughs> the most trusted and vetted website we've ever come across. With my the, homepage, with news, geek news, comic book news, everything. They recently dropped their uh, ten best comic book podcasts. There's a lot of great podcasts on there. Some of them are our friends. Some of them are becoming our friends. We're on it. <laughs> they didn't rank them one through ten. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, because we would have been right there on the bottom, but we made the list, which is insane. That's amazing. I'm it, stoked. It, and it wasn't like vote in your picks. Like I can rig an election. Okay. Oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I can rig an election where we would have made that list. But someone at Screen Rant was just like, "My God, First Issue Club is a podcast. Talks about comic books. Put it on the list." <laughs> Do you do you think they just typed in comic book podcast? No, because they would have gotten a thousand <laughs> podcasts about comic books. Yeah, and we're the best. And I'm sure there's a lot of um, bigoted. Judging on our the reviews of our podcast, there's oh, a lo- sure. there's a lot of bigoted pod comic book podcast fans. Yes, <laughs> hell yeah, who don't like us because we're a little more on the liberal side. Yeah. <laughs> SJW, as they call it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can't have them on your list, right? No. You've got to vet this This stuff. was it a vetted be, list. It would be way too dangerous to just, like, pull a cool one based yeah. on the podcast cover art. Yeah, you mean the quartering isn't on there? <laughs> oh, God, is that a thing? <laughs> Do, uh, We're no, Nope, don't nope, don't say the name again. Nope. We don't want to give them any airtime if they're bad. Uh, yeah, so we're very happy that we uh, were honored to be on the list with some gigantic heavy hitters in the community. Yeah, a little, little fella named uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, ever heard of him? Uh, wrote some books, made some movies. He's on the list. We are bumping elbows with him. A lot of great other podcasts. So uh, Yeah, Kevin, if you want to come on, we're, we're happy to talk with you. <laughs> Drop us your cash app and we'll give you some money. Uh, it was kind of surreal when I found out. And I texted you guys uh, almost immediately. Yeah. When I found out. Yeah, that's rad. You guys picked horrible timing to introduce me. <laughs> or maybe the best timing of all, because we got it while you're on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's great timing for me. Horrible timing for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got it because you're on the show. We didn't make any lists. Oh. Screen Rant didn't just appear overnight. Yeah, it's true. It's been around for a while, and so well, have we. Yeah, old listeners that are familiar with Budget King, we've been trying to get rid of this guy. <laughs> that's the... I mean, his name was Budget King, for Christ's sake. He was holding us back. He was out of control. <laughs> and he would come in with these fire-hot takes, unrelated to comics, always trying to get us to talk about the music industry. And we did. He he, he tricked us. And we did. And it wasn't a comic book podcast, and we were worse off for it. <laughs> we made Re- top ten music podcast lists all the time. Greg and I, hey, we actually like comics. Not the Budget King, he likes a deal. And that's why he was called a Budget King. He likes King. the good deal. Yeah. That was my last news hit. I'm very happy that we're on it. Same. That's great. The, I can die happy. O- only other thing that I'll say um, news hit wise is that I've also been noticing quite a spike in silk books that are showing up on eBay mm-hmm. and the price of said silk books. So I pulled some issues out of my collection that a month ago had been like five ten dollar comics they go right into the top loader (laughs) and they went right into the top loaders exactly right so if you've got that um first solo series of silk Mm -hmm. uh the 2015 issue i want to say that one's like above 
thirty bucks last time I looked, and there's a Amazon Prime show that's also like and also MGM Plus, which I didn't even know was like a streaming network. What? The part of the details of this Silk show that's coming out baffle me mm-hmm. because it's it, it has two streamers listed, and I don't know if one of them is just producing it or they're both going to stream this thing. But <laughs> are we sure this is about the superhero and not the nice material, material <laughs> you make clothes with? So this puppy's dressed in silk. Oh, I would watch that. Sold <laughs> little little, <laughs> little robes. <laughs> <laughs> Having little sit downs for tea uh-huh. and their silk robes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the deal with the show is. I don't know why it's. I guess it's not on Disney Plus because it's a Sony production, Sony property. Yeah, which is why it got sent to MGM and Amazon somehow. But uh, I don't know. I'm still excited for it. Silk's a character I've always loved, and I've got t- a ton of Silk stuff. Yeah, there's been like. Uh, Five first issues of Silk in the last seven years. Though. <laughs> yeah. So be, yeah. I'll, I'll just say buyer beware. Be warned. There's a lot of first issues, and you want the 2015 one. The latest Silk run was super good. I think they were all good. Yeah, they're there all hasn't awesome. been one that I haven't liked. So uh, check those out to get pumped. Sick. Time to pull her first appearance for the Silk show and shred it. Get it on eBay. <laughs> Money means nothing to me. Vargas, you got any news? No. All right, just happy to be here. Let's get into the favorite part of the show, then. Comic books. First issues, or just comics in general. Comics. I've always been confused about this segment, if I'm going to be honest. It's a new segment that we've shifted into. Yeah. We took the summer break. And then we came back. Did some reformatting. And said, let's just share books that we're reading. Right. Is it just first issues, or is it any book? It's any book. Okay. Anything comic book related? Does it have the number one in it? Eventually. Any, anywhere. Somewhere. Well, there you go. That's what you need. The barcode has a one in it. Yeah. Page number. Yeah. This is the case. I got to call out Leah Williams' Exterminators. So oh, good. Oh, yeah. It's fucking amazing. So good. I love the fact that they've got this uber-mature, uber-modern take on some of the ex-gals that, you know, went out to party and end up in this like crazy bloodbath situation with vampires. Yeah. It is who among us. <laughs> there's like an explicit content warning and I'm not sure at the beginning of each issue and I'm not sure if it was like Marvel was like hey required or if it's the, the part of the, the contact war- the content warning is like part of the gag. Oh. But it is definitely way more explicit than a lot of comic books from Marvel that I've read, and it's better for it. Yeah. It's a really fun series. I, I'm i surprised that Marvel hasn't brought back... Something like Max? The Max imprint. Uh-huh. With or Black Epic. Or Epic. With, you know, with, you know, Black Label being so successful for DC and a way to kind of showcase their more adult, we'll say, stories. Yeah. Like, it makes sense that Marvel would maybe kind of copy that I mean, they they bring back max like basically every time garth ennis comes back and wants to write a punisher book <laughs> yeah they're like they slap the word max on it somewhere whatever you want garth yep. Well, i buy it wants so. to blow blow somebody's head off sure <laughs> sounds good to me sick 
He can drop F-bombs. We just have to put the word Max on the cover. Yeah, we are good to go. Like, they did that Platoon series, which was like Punisher in Vietnam. Oh, that was a good series. You know, a while back. Of course, I say a while back. It was probably like 2016 or whatever. But that had the Max imprint, Mm -hmm. whatever, on it, even though Max isn't like a thing anymore. Yeah, but it it didn't fold like Vertigo folded. Correct. Like, DC... Shuttered Vertigo. I think Marvel just, you know, whips out Max whenever they, you know, really to need to use it. Yeah, they dust it off. Yeah. Yeah. And this is so the Max books aren't in Marvel Unlimited because I don't think there's like a parental guidance filter. Uh huh. So you you have to buy those books in hardback or find track down the floppies if you want to read them. And they're tough to find. They are, they can be really tough to find. Well, and that's interesting because. Vargas was just yeah, saying. Andy about... was just talking about how DCU, the uh, the their streaming service, released a ton of their adult content on the app. Yeah, they just added Vertigo, mm-hmm. all That's of Vertigo, huge. Yeah, and uh, Black Label. Yeah. So I think I think it's still a hundred bucks a year for DC Unlimited, and the boys in the room didn't know this, but um, they they have new books a month after street date on there. So which is baffling. Yeah. Cuz Marvel makes you wait like almost 3 months. Yep. Yeah. To drop the new shit. Yeah. Um and so that I mean to get the Vertigo library alone on digital it's is wild. huge. Yeah. Some of the greatest indie books published came out of Vertigo. Yeah. And so I mean just hearing that I'm toying with the idea of maybe <laughs> just getting it just yeah. to go read old issues of like Scalped and Fables and you know, all that shit. Preacher. Preacher. Oh, no, no, never heard of that one. Never heard of that mm. from me every day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, Exterminators by Leah Williams. Uh, the gal pals going out, getting drunk, and ending up in a vampire uh, arcade world, sort of a murder world so it's sort like, of thing. So it's like The, the Hangover. <laughs> Exa- yeah. Yeah, in comic book form. Sure. Um, great book. I'm into it. I'll move on to my next reco, my first issue that I picked. Oh, sick. Did you guys read Gospel on Image Comics? Oh, okay. It's it, on its way to me. Okay. It came out about a month ago or like early November. Mm-hmm. And like it's really beautiful, watercolor. Um, the it, It's said to be Hayao Miyazaki inspired and you oh, really nice. feel it. It's like 15th, 16th century. Um Fantasy kind mm-hmm. of story, um, really. I, I I'll, I'll say that. So it stars like this wannabe adventurer gal mm-hmm. and the like town storyteller, and she's always trying to get him to embellish the stories about her to like bring up her oh, legend, right? And so nice. she's always pitching him ideas to like fluff up her stories. <laughs> hey, can you punch this up a little bit? <laughs> And maybe that dragon had two heads. <laughs> and so it starts out as just like a fun, whimsical romp thing. And as you go through it, it gets more layered with like, whose perspective exactly am I reading this part oh, of the story from? And there's layers upon layers of like, hmm. it, it, it starts to introduce people in like modern society that you're just like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. And um, it starts to introduce some... Um, mythical demon religious stuff too so i think the name of it itself is just a fun creative play 
on, you know, not only the religious aspect of gospel, but just what's the truth with all these different storytellers uh-huh. and what, you know, becomes truth and what matters is the point of the story. There's just there's just some fun themes going on there that I think are going to be interesting as the book continues. Yeah, I really dig that. It's a mini. The covers are beautiful. The next issue comes out on December 14th, I want to say. So you're not too far behind. Mm-hmm. There's, you could still easily catch up by grabbing the is that first image? issue of Gospel on Image. Right. Yeah, nice. So big recommend for me. The guy who did it is Will Morris. And he was on double duty. He wrote and illustrated it. So we have been seeing that a lot lately. A lot more people doing it. Um, to great success. Yeah. So um, keep it up, dual dual duty creators. Mm-hmm. You're you're doing really well. Sure. First first issue club approves. Uh, some of my recommendations: uh, Doctor Strange, Fall Sunrise by Trad and Heather Moore. <sighs> there was no other creator that is more perfect. Yeah. For a Doctor Strange story, than Trad and Heather Moore. If you don't know who these creators are, they did Silver Surfer Black. They've done um, Luther Strode. Luther Strode, Strode, which is a fantastic coming of age, bloody mess. It is. It's like Dawson's Creek and um, I don't know, Bloodsport in in one. Yeah. That's it's, a great way to describe it. It's fantastic. <laughs> was New Order the image book? In New the, Order, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, his style is like, it's like he has figured out a way to freebase acid and, you know, peyote and draw at the same time. It's, it's these lucid, hypnotic images set in the Marvel Universe. Doctor Strange is like in another realm. Is he alive? Is he dead? We don't know, and it's fun not knowing because the cryptic messages and the like, just out of this world visuals that this team is creating is really. It's not about where you're going. It's like just seeing the journey in the present sense and like taking it all in. It's like it's 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 if you've seen any of the Doctor Strange movies, it's just to help you paint a picture. All the kaleidoscope stuff and like the mirror verse and all the, the the unique and strange imagery is uh, directly reflected into this book and it is just uh honestly it's a delight to look at as much as it is as it is it, it is to read so i'm assuming this is canon then it's said in the 616 but they, they the way they can get away with it is because he's like in some other dimensional rift yeah. you think cuz well, strange right now has Clea mm-hmm. as the Sorcerer Supreme. Right. And that's been going on for what, like 12, 13 issues now? Yeah. yeah. Way longer than I thought way it was. Way longer than go. I thought and it was. It's yeah. fucking good. Yeah, it it's is awesome. good. And Doctor Strange has been dead for a long time. Yeah. Every once in a while, Marvel will kill a character and keep him dead for a while. And uh-huh. it's like, well, he's it's refreshing to see like the <sighs> void that dead. I, I was wondering because they did that Death of Doctor Strange series. Yes. And they had like the Doctor Strange simulcarum or whatever, like his past imprint of himself like yeah. come back. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if they were going to treat this series um, as like Silver Surfer Black where Donny Cates wrote that mm-hmm. and then tied that into like his, yeah. uh, on, you know, his Hulk and his yes. Venom an stuff. Interlude to yeah. other series and has bigger repercussions. I was wondering if they were going to do that. With... I can see that happening. It's just the way. So what's happening right now with Dr. Strange and all the books is 
fucking brilliant because they've breadcrumbed this story throughout like four different books so yeah. slyly and sophisticated. You're just, it, it, I'm surprised they're pulling it off as well as they are, to be completely honest. Well, I, I'm going to give a lot of credit. Nothing against Chad Moore. I'm sure he's an excellent, as excellent a writer as he is an artist. But like Jed McKay has been the Doctor Strange artist since at least Death of Doctor Strange. Right. And Homeboy is killing it because mm-hmm. he's writing. He wrote the, that whole mini, mm-hmm. the death, and he's writing Strange. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's killer. It's, it's very, very absolutely good. killer. The Death of Doctor Strange series was uh, kind of scary. <laughs> Like, yeah. they made those new, like, weird... The Mothers? Yes. Yeah. Those things were haunting. Yeah. And very cool creative design. So you said, you mentioned Heather Moore? Yes. I'm it, assuming that his partner... Yeah. And what do they do on the... Are they colorists? I, I think colorists. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that Trad does uh, inks and pencils. I don't know yeah. if he does color at all. Is this colored kind of traditionally for a comic, or is it watercolor? Or it's um, it's okay. So it's it's weird. It's very vibrant, flat colors. Uh-huh. Like it's it's not really. There's no rounded, uh, shading. Like it doesn't really seem yeah. to be much like vibrant shading or any kind of dimension. It's all so maybe like more of like a Mike and Laura Allred. One hundred percent. Another yeah. duo. Yeah. It's it's almost like you're watching a blacklight poster, kind of like come to life. I was, it's like stained glass, but yeah, it, you know where great. There, there's no blacks, right? Very They're, thin, like out yeah. black eye. It's such a trip. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah, it's the side of a van in comic book form. Uh, Marvel, you can use that as your pull quote, by the way. <laughs> I'll just I'll close this conversation by saying Trad Moore's art is just so unmistakable. Yeah. And he'll be one of those artists that people in like our comic book fandom generation are. Yeah, he's just gonna stick with you. Like you think about Sinkowitz covers in the uh, no, he'll be eighties, and yeah. they're just like so unmistakably this one person style. I honestly think he'll be remembered like Kirby or you know <laughs> the the little I pink the, thing uh, that the eats. First- Oh, Kirby. okay, okay, yeah, that yeah. Kirby. I was like, the first person you compare someone to can't be just Jack Kirby. Well, no, I-, I was gonna make a list of other great creators that we like would put on like a uh, Mount Rushmore kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like, I believe his style is very iconic. Yeah, and I mean, he's still relatively young. To I wouldn't be- put him on a Mount Rushmore yet, yet. But I'll, but I think he falls into a class of people like. Danny right now is another person that I would say has such a unique style mm-hmm. that is so unmistakably like that's a Danny cover. Okay. Or yeah. Frank Miller. <laughs> you always know when you're looking at a Frank Miller cover. Yeah, good or bad, you know it's a Frank. <laughs> or a Rob cover. Yeah. Are those fists the size of watermelons? Is that a Frank Miller? <laughs> And I want to be clear, as like uber comic book fans, you can you can name any artist and say like, oh, I always know a Russell Dodderman cover, or I always know a Lionel Francis U cover. Mm-hmm. This is the part of the show you just show off that you know a lot of people in comic books and their names. <laughs> no, but I, but I, I've got a lot of artists that I respect, but I think like when you take a step back mm-hmm. and view a spectrum of books, like say you just 
stapled 200 comic book covers on a wall. Why would you ever, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) There are some where people's art styles are just like... um, Dynamic. Yeah, are just like so outside of the normal confines of like... I see what you're saying. But like, yeah, the the, the building of a character, the stylistic Mm -hmm. traits that they just stand out so, so much. Scotty Young is another one of those people where you're just like, yeah, "Yeah, that's this person's art style. Yeah, like Tread and Heather Moore know what the mold is, and they just break it. They're like, we play by our own rules here. We kind of had that conversation earlier tonight where we were looking at a a Rod Reese cover. Yeah, and thought it was Phil Noto. And thought it was Phil Noto. Both fantastic artists Mm -hmm. with recognizable styles, but they're... They're similar. A little more, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a little more traditional. Traditional, exactly. Yeah, I can't really say another artist could be compared to Trad Moore. Exactly. Like, yeah. you wouldn't mistake someone else's drawings for a Trad Moore. For a Trad Moore, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe a reason why you would put them on, I don't know, a mountain. <laughs> you know what I mean? In South Dakota. You know, with other iconic creators who have unmistakable... I don't know. I'm just saying. Style. Maybe if there are a hundred faces on that mountain, maybe. That's like a fun mountain. Not if there are four. Do you make Sorry. Do you okay. Do uh, you make do you make the Mount Rushmore comic book memoriam uh-huh. if you're alive? Or do you have to be dead to make the mountain? No, I don't think you have to be dead to make the mountain. Ten years ago, would you have not put Stan Lee on a Riders Mount Rushmore? First of all, there's no Riders Mount Rushmore. No one gives a shit about the Riders Mount Rushmore. I mean, it's like a beach sandcastle. Th- there is there is absolutely room for Jim Lee to be in the conversation on that wall, and he's alive. Okay, right, right. Well, that, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not. Okay. I mean, you sound wow, that, like you're not convinced. Yeah, but he defined. Now I like, feel like I'm being attacked and have to. <laughs> <laughs> he like reinvented comics. Yeah, but because beforehand the staples were on the top, and Jim Lee came in. He goes, "Guys, you got to put it on the side." <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I get what you guys are saying. I was just wondering, just for my own clarification, for when I do make a Mount Rushmore, yeah, thing, mm-hmm. do they need to be alive or dead? Do we get two mountains, one for who's alive? Well, who's just who's dead. Just the make the sure revisions on that mountain when someone. Uh... <laughs> That's Someone what, new passes is just no, 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 but no, so no. You think ahead and like you just make them removable. Like you, they have like, a hook in their head. Oh, a helicopter comes up, puts them smart. on the other mountain, and then when we find out that somebody's a, a diddler, <laughs> you, you, you can, blow up the mountain. You know, well, you just move them off the mountain, <laughs> and just make sure that Jack Kirby's cigar has a spot on the mountain. That's what the smoke comes out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his own, it's actually, his his own a, spot. His is a volcano. <laughs> All the, all the creators who smoked a kid put on a volcano. <laughs> Smoking section. On to my next one. Fear of the Red Planet by Mark Sable and Andrea Olamporo and Dave Sharp. It is a Aftershock book. We have gone to Mars, folks. And I've seen a lot of Mars comics lately. I think it's I think it's very telling because Mars has been in the news. Like we're trying to get there by twenty fifty. Yeah. Uh, the devil Elon Musk is trying to get SpaceX there. Like, the n- Mars has never been hotter, and I'm not talking about temperature. Uh, so I think we're gonna see a lot of like more space shit that isn't like let's explore the galaxy. Like, because this book is about 
we've made it to Mars. Now we're mining stuff out of Mars to sell on Earth to make like space parts to make space travel to and from Mars easier. Yeah. You're and, saying more true, like more realism in science fiction. Yeah. We're, we're kind of. We're not so far detached that. We're taking off our rose colored glasses with space travel now because this is a very realistic view of when we get to Mars, mm-hmm. well, we got to figure out a way to finance it. And with that comes crime and lawlessness and just rowdy uh, people that want to go to Mars to get a new exciting adventure, you know, maybe on the seedier side of the spectrum of uh, morality. Mm-hmm. And this so th- sounds a lot like... Okay. Airbud. Nope, I'm bringing the podcast to a grinding halt because I can't think of the name. Um, America. Ghost well, Dog. So I was going to say... There's a there's a Sean Connery movie Dragonheart. Yeah, you got it. Dragonheart. It's Highlander. Uh no, he's like he's like a sheriff on a space station. Yes. And it's basically just a western yes. in space. This is what that sounds like. And this is what that is. Yeah. Because we follow this young UN uh kind of sheriff or uh deputy that is basically the law of the land on Mars and she's uh she's she's tasked with it's Outland. It's called Outland. That's the one. She's tasked with like kind of keeping the peace and like letting shit slide just to like mm-hmm. m- you know not stop the wheels of progress on getting these materials from Mars back to Earth. Yeah. And so she's essentially like an an RA in a college dorm. Uh-huh. Like I know you're drinking beer, but if you just keep it in your room, I'm not going to say anything yeah but at the end of the episode someone is moited and now she has to be she has to put her big cop boots on and be the mean cop and go around and actually do cop stuff that i mean that has me sold that sounds so legit it's a great book and mark sable we've actually had him on the show budget king and i interviewed him when he did um god killers yes and you know great guy um writes a hell of a comic book this one no different has piqued my interest. I I honestly did love how it was rooted in realism of just like, yeah. it's you know, we go to Mars, it's not going to be like, oh, let's fucking make utopia. It's like, no, we're going to mine the ever-living fuck out of this planet to, to obtain everything we can and treat it just like Earth. And Hell I kind of yeah. love that love that angle because it's, um, it's not as sunny and as hopeful as people want it to be. Yeah. And I'm dead inside. And my last and final book by hometown boy Jason Aaron, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World on Boom Studios. That was my book, too. Did you like it? It let's, was awesome. Let's, let's, let's tag team this bit. It was awesome. Um, the thing that I really like, well, number one, a post-apocalyptic love story mm-hmm. is pretty pretty unique. I, don't, I can't name a, an, another media article that kind of does that um except for maybe a boy and his dog but that's like a completely different yeah hopefully not a love story yeah a way that but um the other interesting thing about this is it's three issues three different artists yes but the artists three different time periods three different time periods and they're gonna the the solicitation from boom says that the artists are going to like kind of flow into each other Mm mm-hmm I have no idea how, what that's going to look like, you know, after the first issue, but 
I am absolutely intrigued by the idea of having a different artist basically for each issue. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. It's um, three issues. They're big boys. Yeah. They're, they're thickens. So you're going to get your money's worth. And they're, they're only $4.99. <laughs> and that's a Boom Studios guarantee. $4.99. I mean, at least the first issue was only $4.99. I think they're going to stick with that uh, pay method. They should. Um, yeah, because I want it. They're what, 30 or 45 ish pages? They've got to be 30s. Yeah. But that's a good price point, especially mm-hmm. for a, a big name like Jason Aaron. Yeah. Um, I didn't recognize offhand any of the artists that were in there. Uh, so the there was one Alexander Defkun. Uh, I didn't know who he is, but I knew I know who Nick Dragata is. Oh, that's right. And uh, he's awesome, and so I'm very excited. His his portion of the book was very cool. Um, I don't know who the other artists are on the other two books. Yeah, but I mean, three books, small investment, huge reward with the creative teams. <laughs> it's a win win. Yeah, it's a classic first issue club win win. <laughs> And nothing better to close out an episode with than a great WW. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy and Greg Lichtite. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.